Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. I'm Bob Brill, and he's Eric Kramer. Welcome to Kramer and Brill, fantasy football podcast and our video cast, too. And you can hear the podcast wherever you get the shows. All you, uh, you can see all the video casts on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel. Or you can find the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. Go to our website. Right at the top, you'll see a link that says latest podcast here. Click that. It'll take you right there. You can read, see that one or all the ones previously. And if you go, there's a little video just off to the left of center. It says click here for the video. Just click on that. That'll take you right to the YouTube video as well. So that's the easiest way. Check it out. Week two, divisional play. If you followed our advice last week, this is what you would have seen from your fantasy players. We liked and recommended Josh Allen, five touchdowns, 308 yards, 66 running. Singletary, 81 and two scores. Knox had five for 89 and two scores. I told you to pick up and make sure you played Goddard, six catches, 92 yards. Brady, 271, two scores. Mike Evans, nine for 117 and a touchdown. Patrick Mahomes, of course, 404, five touchdown passes. Kelsey had five for 100, a touch, and even threw a touchdown pass. Dak Prescott had 254. Uh, Debo Samuel, 72 and a touch, plus three catches. Uh, Elijah Mitchell, 96 and a touchdown. Schultz for 7-8 for 89. Uh, Renfro, eight catches, 58. Josh Jacobs at 83. Derek Carr, uh, Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, nine catches, 116 yards, plus 23 rushing. Mac Jones, even in a losing cause, had a couple of touches with 232. And I said to pick up Kendrick, Kendrick Bourne, seven catches, 77, and two scores. So if you had your fantasy guys out and you listened to those picks we gave you, you did pretty well. The winners this week, well, among the quarterbacks, you have to say Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. And I'll throw in Matt Stafford. This guy was brought in here to win a playoff game and then some. Like he was specifically brought in here not just to get to the Super Bowl, but to win it. And so nobody had more pressure, in my opinion, than Matt Stafford coming into this game because he had been at times horrible this year in throwing interceptions for touchdowns. Had a great game, start to finish. Obviously, they relied on a great defense that really nobody saw coming, but a, and a great running game. But he himself did not make any mistakes, and that was awesome. The other guy I'll throw in there is Jimmy Garoppolo. Even though he at times tried to lose the game, uh, the Cowboys didn't want it and gave it back. Yeah. Namely, that interception he threw late in the game. But the guy who I'll give the assist to in that game is Jerry Jones, because I think Boomer Sison said it best at halftime of that game, who builds a $2 billion stadium that runs east to west and then puts windows in either end zone, which is what happened to Cedric Wilson in that first half where he would have caught an easy third down catch, didn't see the ball because of the sun, and the ball goes whistling by his right earlobe. So I just think that, you know, Jerry, for all that he's done, has sort of undone the Cowboys as well. He is one football fanatic who is a control freak 
You know, right. I, I, I think that sums him up more than anything else. I met him a couple of times um, years ago. I was getting some autographs and uh, mini helmets. Great guy as far as walk. He says, walk with me. You know, he's on right. the phone. Where did he sign autographs? But you're right. uh, yeah, he's done some strange things over the years. Take a look at the running backs. You got to give props to Mitchell and Jacobs both. Both had really, really good, solid um, end of seasons and really good, solid weekends, too. And here's the guy I'll point out, Cam Akers, coming back in the same season from a torn Achilles tendon. I don't think that's ever been done before. That's that's and then, yeah. And then came back and was huge, not just dominant in, in between the tackles and running over people like he did with Buda Baker, but elusive also. And so, and he's also the guy that was on the receiving end of Beckham's double pass. So it, it, he played a great game. And I don't think, certainly I didn't think that was going to happen out of him, but it did. And I think, uh, again, that just speaks to, in my opinion, not only him, but what an incredible job he did to come back. But I think Sean McVay also as a play caller uh, definitely went in with the game plan to dominate and then did. You know, it's something that Bruce Arians probably didn't figure he was going to have to think about next week. And now it's going to be a part of those meetings in a big, big way how to stop yep. this guy. Uh, let's take a look at the wide receivers. Chase, Debo Samuel. What more do you need to say? Those two guys just laid it out there this week. I, I love it. And I think, uh, you know, Debo Samuel's probably the best running back who plays receiver probably ever. And then Jamar Chase, in my opinion, is the second coming of Jerry Rice. Because when the ball's in the air, number one, it's his and only his. Number two, at the top end of routes, that guy is sturdy. Nobody bumps him around. And then I don't know if you saw this, but a few couple of weeks ago when they played, um, I forget who it was now, but it was a, a big game. It might have been saying, I can't remember. Anyway, he catches a curl route and goes 70 something yards with it for a touchdown untouched. That's Jerry Rice right there in, in a nutshell. And I just think the other guy that came up huge was Cooper Cup. And who's been doing it really all year. They've talked about him as the one of what now four. He's the fourth triple crown winner in terms of catches, yards, and touchdowns. Yeah. And I think has really become, for the Rams, really who they are on offense. I mean, he runs, he blocks, he, he throws, he catches. He does it all. He's an amazing player. You know, and he's that guy that is the most dependable guy, you know, it's going to be there. He's going to be in, in something on every play, whether he's blocking or whether he's, I think he was a decoy a lot last night in the, in the game against the Cardinals and with, which opened up the game for Beckham and Akers and, and even Higby on a, on a few plays. Well, the losers this week, two, kind of two sets of referees. The first set for not hearing the inadvertently blown whistle, which led to what amounted to a game-winning touchdown in the Bengals-Raiders game. And the other referee team, which ran off the field in the Dallas game as time ran out, despite the fact that the umpire ran into Dak Prescott, which ate up a full second, did not allow Dallas to get the playoff, just 23 yards away from the end zone of what could have been a game-winning play. Unbelievable. Well, let me, let me take uh, the first one of those two, which is the inadvertent whistle uh, during that game, uh, which you mentioned, the, the, the Bengals over the Raiders. So at halftime, Bill Cower, longtime coach, Hall of Fame coach, points out this is inexcusable. Like you've with the technology available today, you've got umpteen thousand cameras at the game. 
and you've got Joe Blow sitting in his home on the couch, eating chips, drinking a beer, he can hear the whistle. But the game does not allow you to review that play. That is insane. So the technology is now outpacing the rules and the way they're enforced and called, which is that is absolutely asinine to everybody watching. And I think it cheapens the game that you've got everybody can see what the officials first can't see and will hear and then can't review. I don't I don't get that because you've got billions exchanging hands every year guaranteed through tv contracts and so forth this makes no sense and i don't know what to say about that other than we've 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 kind of talked earlier in the year about okay why aren't officials full-time officials why don't why isn't that the only thing they do during the week i don't know but again why is new york who reviews every play of every game why aren't they allowed to jump in themselves? They're making the rules. Yeah. Then the thing about it is, you know, sound travels. And the thing about sound is if you're hearing sound that actually happened half a second or maybe even a second before you heard it. It's like the starter's gun when you're getting ready to run the 50 mm-hmm. or 100 yard dash. If you listen to the starter's gun, you're going to be off the blocks later because the sound at the end, uh, if the gun is at the end of the track, that sound travels and <clears throat> right by the time it gets to you, it, it's mm-hmm. maybe even a second. And a second in this case was a lot, a lot of time. There's no way this should not have been reviewed or, or at least referees discuss it and say, you know, we made a mistake. And the other game, when it came to the um, play where the umpire has to put the ball down, umpire has to touch the ball and put it down. That's the rule. Okay. Well, if the umpire puts the ball down and then runs into the player who's supposed to, who's going up to address the ball, he's got this, he's got to be able to say, wait a second, my timeout. I delayed this game because the game's integrity now is on the line in that case as well. Agree? Totally. Think back to all the games that it seems like nearly every game there was the play clock run out and then the ball gets snapped. Yeah. Justin Tucker's field goal against the Lions that won the game. Never. I mean, uh, more than a second runs off the clock, play clock, and yet the ball snapped in. With all everybody's got GPS in their cars now on their cell phones. How do you not link up the time to the to a whistle or a a sound in the stadium that is okay, like the uh, the shot clock in basketball? When the play clock hits zero, the shot clock hits zero, the red light goes off on the backboard. And so, why not have that? I, I like it. Doesn't make any sense to have out to have technology outpace your rules and the way you enforce your rules. Like it's clearly stated in the rule book, when the whistle blows, the play is over. Except for that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it was so clear that all the players on the defense. Oh, we heard the whistle. We stopped because you're told to play to the whistle, right? Okay. Well, all I know is that the rules committee 
in the NFL, the offseason is going to have a lot on their plate. Let them talk for a week because they got a lot coming up. Let's talk about the games this week. Saturday, Bengals and Titans. Bengals seem to be playing their best football right now, and role players like C.J. Uzoma are stepping up. Now, Joe Burrow seems to be on a roll, and whether he can continue that against the Titans is up in the air. But I'm saying, yes, he can. And as long as Mixon is having a decent, not great, but decent day, I'd play Burrow and all the key receivers. Chase right now is just a monster. He, like you said earlier, he, he's, he's the best at anything at the moment. I agree with you. And I think the Bengals coming into this playoff run, I thought this was the Cinderella. If there is a Cinderella team, they were it. And I think when you look at the Titans, okay, you look at what Cam Akers was able to do in his first game back. Can Derrick Henry be the king finisher that he was when he left with that broken foot? Uh, all indications are that, yeah, he will be that guy. And I think for the Titans, that's how they win this game. They rely on the defense that's really carried them a lot of times this year and that running game. Because without that running game, you don't have to play action game. And I think that's the way the Titans stay relevant in this game. So, I, you know, possibly Derrick Henry could be a guy you'd start. A.J. Brown would be maybe the other. Uh, I don't think Tannehill gets into that um, picture, nor do any. I don't see anybody else on the Titans offense anyway that can make a difference fantasy-wise. Niners and Packers, Niners have gotten it all together. Garoppolo is playing solid, if not spectacular, so I'd sit him because the stats aren't that good. But Debo and Mitchell, they're on fire. Brandon Alhick really playing well. Despite he had an off game, you must play Kittle. you got to play Kittle here, too. And I think switching over to the Packers, the, <laughs> unfortunately for Aaron Rodgers, the 49ers have been his nemesis for whatever reason that is. Um and But I think this year is different. The Packers seem to me to be the team of the NFL destiny. And they've been, other than that first game of the season, they've been awesome. Rodgers himself probably had a career year, uh, and they're putting up 30 points in this game, I think, guaranteed. So you got Devontae Adams, Lazard now is establishing himself. A.J. Dillon, this is a, a game Taylor made for him. And then Rodgers himself. So I'd start all those guys. Rams at Tampa Bay. Now, Brady's playing without key weapons, but it doesn't seem to matter. Gronk is playing well. Keyshawn Vaughn has stepped up. He's getting to play two weeks in a row. has been dependable, if not spectacular. I do look for him to break out this week. So he's an RB1 in my book. Mike Evans, of course, a must start. And I'll just let me say this. The Rams aren't the Eagles. And I think the what, what got exposed there for the Eagles was Jalen Hurts specifically, I think, was overwhelmed, uh, and his play showed it, and his lack of timing and, and execution showed it. But I think the Rams are just the opposite of that. This was this last playoff game was the culmination of why everybody they brought in, not just Matthew Stafford, but um, Von Miller and Odell Beckham, who's now finding his stride along with Cooper Cup. I think that's where the Rams now go into Tampa, who they've really played well against and beaten these last two years. Um, I think they go in here and the very same people keep showing up. Offensively, it's Cup, Beckham, Higby, and Stafford himself. You know, it's interesting about the Rams. Have you ever seen a team pick up so many players like in baseball for a stretch drive? They picked up like four guys in the middle of the season. They picked up Sonny Michelle. They picked up Vaughn Miller. Uh, they picked up um, Odell Beckham. And, uh, of course, they picked up Stafford in the offseason. Uh, but they keep picking up these guys going down during the middle of the season and going down the stretch who are, who are adding 
uh, real value to this team. And I don't think I've ever seen that because you don't usually get that much action in the NFL because, you know, teams don't like to add players because it takes so long to learn the playbook and, you know, right. all that kind of stuff. Where in baseball, you don't have that. You squat and you play the game. You have to learn signals and stuff, but nothing like in, in the NFL. Have you ever seen that before? I haven't. Well, in the NFL, I'm trying to think, no, but it's kind of reminiscent of the Steinbrenner Yankees. Yes. And, and, uh, on the good years. And so I think that that's a reflection of Sean McVay. I think he drives that ship with the Rams. And you can see his passion and motivation for this team. That did not sit well with him losing that Super Bowl. And I think he went about constructing this team to get not only just get there, but win and win convincing. I don't, I, I think the win, I think his goal is to win the Super Bowl in a convincing fashion that there's no question who's going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. At home. At, At home. home. Correct. Bills and Chiefs, this could have been the AFC championship game. They are, in my mind, the two class teams, Tennessee aside. Uh, Casey must find a way to stop Josh Allen. And I, don't know that they can. I look for him to light it up. And if that happens, you must play Knox, Diggs, and Davis. I play Singletary as well. They may not win this game, but I think those are the fantasy players you have to depend on in this game. I think that's you set that up well. However, uh, what you might be forgetting is that the Chiefs defense, let's say these last 10 weeks of the season, has been dominant. And that sea of red that their Bills are now going to step into, uh, that's not the Bills mafia. And they're back in action, too. And the Chiefs on both sides have been dominant. Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, as good as and great as, as Josh Allen is, nobody can touch Mahomes right now. And it's been that way now for, for multiple weeks, probably the whole back half of the season. And uh, so although he, in commercial terms, he's not the sneakerhead. He is Patrick Mahomes. And he's got Kelsey, as you just mentioned earlier. Uh, Hill, now McCole Hardman starting to assert himself. They've all hit their strides offensively. I don't see the Chiefs losing this game, uh, and I see them getting in the Super Bowl, and I think this is going to be a great game for them offensively as well. Uh, just a reminder uh, that uh, coming up the week after the AFC and NFC championship games, uh, well, the, the show that we do then is our annual Super Bowl show. And once again, we're going to have uh, Rodney Pete, your former teammate with, with the Lions, uh, NFL quarterback, and Vince Ferragamo, the only uh, um, L.A. Ram that has taken a team to the Super Bowl uh, and uh, in in the Coliseum. And uh, so Vince will be with us. We'll have Vince and you and uh, Rodney and me, and we're going to have a, a good, a good time with uh, that game. That'll be the week after uh, the podcast, after the uh, uh, championship games leading up to the Super Bowl. By the way, what team was that? What team was that? The Ferragamo's Rams lost to in Super Bowl. They lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Did they really? Yes, they did. <laughs> yeah, they were leading at halftime, and uh, uh, Jack Lambert made a comment. I forget what he said, but I uh, said, we're going to come out for the second half, and the Steelers dominated the second half, came back, and won that Super Bowl. So, And <laughs> Vince has never lifted down. <laughs> there you have it. Kramer and Brill, fantasy football podcast, now a video cast as well. You can hear the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Libsum, Odyssey, and wherever you get your podcasts. And now you can also see the video cast on YouTube by going to my Bob Brill YouTube channel or by finding the links for all of this at KramerandBrill.com. That's the easiest way. For my friend and colleague, Eric Kramer, I'm Bob Brill.